Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B growth podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what was behind their failures. Today, Shaheen from X-Growth is chatting with Daniel Davis, community leader and APAC founder of EOS Worldwide about how B2B companies can prepare themselves for a slow year ahead. Many believe that we still haven't experienced the harsh reality of COVID, its impacts on the economy and businesses out there. So on that note, let's dive right into this episode. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Now, um, Daniel, for those who might not be familiar with yourself or EOS, can you give us a really quick background? Sure. So uh, EOS, I'll start with EOS, uh, founded over in Detroit, Michigan back in around 2000 by Gino Wickman, entrepreneur himself, found his passion of wanting to help other entrepreneurs, been involved with EO over the years and developed something called EOS in the early 2000s. We've now grown. We have 400 implementers around the world and around 10,000 companies running on EOS. And put short, we help people get more of what they want from their businesses. And we do that by implementing a set of tools that we call EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Right. Gotcha. And I really look forward to having this conversation because just like you said, you are involved in so many different businesses and you, you see so many similarities, right, that a, a business owner might not be able to see, right, because you see it across multiple different businesses. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you get into this whole EOS thing? Well, I guess it probably starts back at an early age. Didn't fit in at school. I I imagine that many of the listeners here probably had the same challenge. I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggled at school. Wasn't quite a fit for them. But um, I got my first job at age 10, and uh, that kind of changed everything. I loved it. It felt really purposeful. And we got paid this stuff called cash, uh, which back then they actually paid you in cash. came in a yellow envelope every weekend with my name written on the front. It was like... Christmas 52 times a year. So that was pretty cool. And then I just always had jobs through school, loved work. And at the age of 21, I got my first store, just a small IGA store out in the Blue Mountains, west of Sydney, and built that up over a period of three years and then started to get into other businesses. So started to purchase properties and develop them and uh, operate the retail premises on them. And uh, that went well. And then in 2008, I invested into a friend's business that uh, I didn't know anything really about, didn't know about the subject of due diligence too well. And yeah, it didn't go well. So uh, I lost uh, the first million, well, I put in a million. Three months later, he declared bankruptcy and said, um, the business is with me. So uh, that didn't go too well. We had 30 staff and I was trying to help run the business that I didn't know much about. And I guess that that's where I started to seek help And so I spoke with coaches and some people were able to help, but I felt like there was nothing simple and effective that could really connect with me as an entrepreneur. And that was a practical thing to put into the the business. And um, and so through that journey, it led to me me seeking out assistance and obviously reading lots of books. There's so many business books out there. And I happened to stumble across EOS, the traction book that Gino wrote. And it just connected with me. I loved it. So uh, I went over to the US. And when was this? This was back 2014. So I'd actually started a consulting company of my own in 2010. So I had been in the space for a while and, and teaching clients. And it was working well, but it just was not as simple as what it could be. 
And so I was always seeking out where's the real answer lie. And, and when I came across EOS, I just thought this really works. Went and met, met the guys in the US and just not only found that I loved the tools, they worked really well, but just as equally, I met this community of other EOS implementers that were just, they were my people, right? So I felt like I found home. It was almost like a religious moment. You know, I kind of like, wow, I found my thing. I was really privileged to bring the brand down here to the APAC region and share it with my clients. Um, but also we've grown the community here. I think we've got 22 implementers now throughout the APAC region. And as I shared, there's about 400 of us in total around the world. So yeah, it's been a real privilege to do it. And I love my job and I've still had other business interests, uh, but this is what I do. This is where I am every day. This is my, my purpose in life. I love it. I love it. Okay, let's, let's dive into this and tell me, why do you think business owners need to be a bit more vigilant for, more vigilant than usual for 2021? What are you seeing? Well, I mean, obviously I see what everyone else is seeing this year. 2021, 2020 has been unprecedented. I mean, if we really look at it historically, around every 10 years, something big happens economically, right? We have a an adjustment on the stock market, property prices may have an adjustment. Uh, maybe there will be a there be an issue with the job market. So we're not. It's not like we haven't experienced things like like those before. But this one has been unprecedented. I mean, literally the world is locked down, and so we've had to adjust. Some of these things I think have been fantastic. By the way, we've learned a lot. One of the one of the things that's been consistent this year from all of the teams that I work with is people saying hey, like my personal best is that I've never been as connected with my family ever in my life. So we've also learned about what we're doing right now, right? We're doing it on Zoom. Prior, we may have maybe not. And so, I, you know, I'm here in the city and I don't see anywhere near as many planes flying and it feels like environmentally we're doing really well. So I'm happy on that part. What we need to look for in 21 is I feel like we haven't actually felt the economic impact yet. So, you know, the government has pumped a a heck of a lot of money into the economy, banks, everything, insurance companies, landlords, everybody has done their bit to support 2020. My concern is these things are now dropping off, right? Those levels of support are returning back to normal. And yet the employment market has not yet return to normal. And so my concern going into 21 into 21 is simply cash management. It's the same as it has been this year. I know I've been not the most popular person with some of my clients, but it's all around cash management and making sure that we're okay because I liken it to um, kind of like the human body. If you run out of blood, you're dead. And it's no different in a business, right? Cash is the equivalent of the blood that keeps the business going. And we just need to be super vigilant with cash management. Okay. And, and, you know, let's say I'm a business owner, right? And today I'm like, okay, I've kind of stumbled or or moved through COVID as as it's gone so far. Where should I start now? Like, what should I, what do you, what do you reckon I should do now as, as a business owner or, or, you know, or a leadership team in a, you know? Yeah, look, I mean, my, my thing that we've been working on a lot this year is around cash forecasting, right? What does that look like? Interestingly, it's not just always around cash management through losing cash. It's also through growth. Interestingly, around 70% of the companies that I work with, and I work with 30 
at any one time, as well as I've had 40 that, that I've, I've worked with over the past five years that have graduated. So call it 70 companies. 70% um, of them have just posted a record fiscal year. And now some of that is a testament to them running a great business. They've got really strong and diligent leadership teams and you know they implement the tools really well, the EOS tools. But there's also a handful of them that have actually benefited really well from the situation. COVID has led to people staying at home and um, like Netflix and Zoom, there are also a bunch of other businesses, normal businesses, privately held businesses that are doing fantastically well. And so well that some of them are having real challenges around supply chain, keeping up with demand, as well as part of that exponential growth is cash management. So I think cash management is um, the number one focus. So cash forecasting around what these things look like, at what point do we run out of cash or, you know, be it through growth or sustained losses, cash, cash forecasting is the first port of call. And not everyone is used to doing it. Um, some people have not had to do it in the past. We have come off a really fantastic economic time for most businesses. So getting good at cash flow forecasting is important. Right. So, so when you say cash flow management, you're really talking about look at your forecast and then drive insights and in terms of like what you should be doing. Is that, is that right? Yeah, exactly. So knowing what your cash burn rate is, for example, if we are uh, sustaining losses, what's the cash burn rate? And with that, make the necessary changes a lot of the time. I think for some leadership teams, they haven't been through challenging times. I mean, here in Australia, we talk about GFC, right? 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And let's face it, I think that we got, we, we, we got through it really easily. We really didn't get hit that hard. Compared to my associates in the US, it was different there. We didn't get hit that hard, as, as is the situation right here, right now in Australia. We're quite fortunate compared to, compared to most markets abroad. We've come through this again. Australia, the lucky country. I think some Victorians might disagree with you, but sorry. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. <laughs> Bad timing. Just make sure that this uh, podcast goes out in another four weeks. It should be, yep. uh, should be okay. They should be out of lockdown uh, and they won't hate me so much. But no, no, sorry, sorry, you were saying. It's true. It's true. I mean, uh, Victorians definitely. But I think like making the tough decisions, some of the younger, younger team members too um, are struggling with making the tough calls. Like so early on, one of the things that I was insisting was we, put, we stand down people as quickly as possible. We cut our costs as quickly as possible. And it was only coming from the position of, sustaining cash like if we run out of cash we don't have a business to come back to that's a fact right and so my concern was one simple thing just protect cash and make the hard decisions stand people down cut unnecessary costs etc uh, so that people can, so that we have a business to come back to once they you know using victoria as an example once they reopen the doors some of these companies won't have any cash left to reopen the doors. And that's, like, that's just the ultimate you know, sacrifice. It's just crap, right? They didn't do anything wrong. Nobody caused this to come along. Some people were operating great businesses, healthy, diligent businesses, and they're suffering as a result of this. But at the end of the day, we need to have cash in order to respawn. I totally understand what you're saying with, with regards to uh, conserve cash. What are your thoughts on the idea that, hey, I've, I've spoken to a couple of business owners and one of the things that they're, they're also worried about is if I let go of people, I might, there is, there's always a boom at the end of this, right? 
And I might have a really hard time if I don't have that resources when the boom comes, I can't really take advantage of the boom. And what are your thoughts on that? Is that like a balancing act? How do you approach that? Because, you know, I, I know I spoke to one business owner and they were saying that, you know, we did, we like fired a lot of people in previous, uh, the, the dot-com bubble and the GFC. And what happened was, we all of a sudden, when times start to become really good and people were making purchases, we didn't have resources and it was really hard to find resources. And the big players start to hire all the good guys, all the capable guys. So it was really even more difficult to, to do that. What are your thoughts on that? Is that like a balancing act? What, what do you think about that? Yeah, look, uh, and this has definitely come up in this room uh, this year. Many times people have said, you know, what do we do? And ultimately, I just come back to, I, I get it and I appreciate the, the concern, particularly, we, I mean, we've just, our number one issue over the last five years, here in Australia at least, uh, has been, and I think globally, has been finding talent, right? So it's a very founded concern that you just raised, right? It's been so hard to get great talent and to attract the right people into your business. And so the idea of now letting go of them is really challenging. In our company, the clients that we work for, with, for example, the people component is a huge focus. And so the companies that have been doing EOS for a couple of years, they've got a team of right people, right seat. They really demonstrate the core values every day and they're great at what they do. So they, the challenge of standing people down is even more difficult because they're looking at me saying, Dan, our people are freaking awesome. How can you tell me to stand them down? And I said, Guys, it's not because I want to. It's literally because we have to save the company right now. I mean, if we keep everyone on and we just keep paying the wages out, we won't be here. It's a fact, right? And I think when we went into this uh, in the early stage of 2020, some people were going on social media and posting, we're going to retain all of our staff. We're going to stand by everybody, etc. I'd like to see where some of those companies are right now because... I believe all of them thought that this might be a two or three month exercise. And as we've now seen in 2020, Victoria, as you said, full lockdown again, right? Second time around. New Zealand, the ones who are leading the way back into lockdown, we just don't know where it will end, unfortunately. And it's uh, nobody's got that crystal ball. And so I prefer to take the conservative approach and have a hiring issue than running out of cash and having a fatality on my hands. So. It's, it's choosing, you know, which one are you going to risk, you know, and, and you, you could take a gamble and retain everybody, but it's a, it's a scary move if you run out of cash. Do you ever find yourself stuck with a B2B problem? Need a second opinion on your next campaign? Or looking for some feedback on that piece of MarTech you're thinking to purchase? Well, that's why we created the Growth Colony Slack channel. This Slack channel is like a small dinner party where you get to meet and mingle with B2B professionals, hear what others are doing and keep up to date with the latest B2B trends and news. You'll also get access to a range of exclusive content from our podcasts, webinars and events. The best thing about it, it's all free. If this sounds interesting, head over to growthcolony.org forward slash Slack and sign up. That's growthconnie.org forward slash slack. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is you are, you're very big on being clear 
about company objectives, mm-hmm. right? Tell me why that's, that's first of all, tell me why, what you mean by that. So when we talk about objectives with EOS, we talk about where are we going, how are we going to get there, ensuring that we're all on the same page, that the leadership team is united, where we all agree on where we want to go. And we break it down kind of long-term, medium-term, short-term. So, you know, long-term, we say, what's, where do we want to be in 10 years? You know, what's our big, hairy, audacious goal, if you like? Three years, a three-year picture, what does it look like on the horizon? Then that all gets us excited, right? Then we want to cascade that down to reality. All right, so if we want to be there in three years, what do we need to be focused on in the next year? And then break that down to what do we need to be doing in the next 90 days? We call them rocks. So a couple of points of of, uh, the question here that I'd, I'd look at is, firstly, don't forget the longer term goals. Right now, we are in a world of pain and everyone is focused on this, this right now. They're not thinking out to, hey, what did we say we wanted in three years? And where did we say we want to be in 10 years? Right? So we can easily forget the longer term objectives, long term goals. And that can be a mistake for a leadership team, both in terms of business, but also in terms of even on a personal level. Actually, I'll borrow from what's above your shoulder right now. It says my life in weeks, right? Now, if we were to go back to that graph there, and for any of the listeners who can't see what I'm referring to, look it up, my life in weeks on Google. It's a really cool exercise to do. And it illustrates your, how many weeks you have. And when we, if we were to take the COVID situation right now, even if we look at 2020 and 2021 and just write off those two lines, right? It's still only a blip in your lifetime. It's a blip. The problem that we have in today's society is everything that we think about is just immediate. We want immediate gratification. We want everything yesterday. We are very poor at uh, you know, being patient and seeing the longer term gain. And so I'll probably borrow from that old saying of you know, short term pain for long term gain. It's something that we really need to consider and think about here. So if we consider that our short-term objective uh, is, you know, the the survival of our company, that's our short-term objective. We know that we'll then be rewarded. So let's, I mean, if everyone just takes a moment now to think about the last decade, the last 10 years, right? The businesses of the world, the companies have been supporting us on every level right? So all of us with our salaries, we've all been getting paid well, we get bonuses, and we get, you know, uh, increases every year. In fact, I'd go so far as I think to say in some areas, people have been overpaid, right, due to the shortage of skilled staff. And so we're getting paid well, it's been sustaining us, it's been pumping taxes into the economy to build infrastructure. We've been on a really great ride here locally in, in Australia. I mean, we just came off three decades of economic growth, right? So we've been doing really, really well. And now we've got a blip, right? We're getting an adjustment. We're having some temporary um, pain. I think all of us need to think about the businesses that have supported us all this time, right? We've just been in a take mode, take, take, take. Now's our time. The, our, the businesses have just fallen over and scraped their knee, right? We need to reverse our relationship with the businesses and say it's our time to give back. We need to help the businesses get back on their feet. 
so that they can then continue to give back to us and our families again and again. If we actually personalize the business, you know, if, if we're talking about a friendship, if a friend had been giving to us for 10 consecutive plus years, and then that friend had a momentary, they fell over, they got sick, we would want to jump in and help them, right? So if we think about the business, we could pause for a minute and say, we have to take pay cuts for the next year or so, right? We need to work that little bit extra, right? We need to make some sacrifices on a personal level. I know in order to get these businesses back on their feet, same as what the government's having to do. The government's been collecting taxes all these years. Now they're reversing the relationship and saying, we need to help the businesses get back on their feet. This is not just the government's job. This is our job. In my opinion, it's our responsibility. Every single leadership team that I've worked with has taken at least a 30% pay cut this year to help the businesses through. I did personally too with my clients as, as well as uh, some, I mean, some of my clients' leadership teams are on JobKeeper and they're doing 70, 80 hours a week. They're working harder than ever, but that's their loyalty and commitment to that business. They know that what we're going through now is temporary and they are committed to that longer term goal and we will all be rewarded in due course. And so I think just taking a moment to get clear on objectives, don't just focus on the immediate, focus on that longer term and know that we will be fine. Don't get hung up on this immediate pain because you know, it's, it's not all uh, fair. The context of the longer term needs to be there too. And as you were saying, there will be a return. There will be a boom, right? It will boom after this. Imagine tourism once they say, we've got a vaccine and the, the flights, you can now go to the airport and fly. I mean, shit, we're going to have a shortage of planes, right? But we have to be there. Uh, we, have to ha we have to save the airline in order to have planes. So, you know... I know some of the, Alan Joyce right now may not be popular with everybody, but I think he's doing a fantastic job in trying to save Qantas with what he's got to play with. I mean, take a moment to think what that must be like, the overheads involved in that business. And then, sorry, we can't fly any planes. It's, it's mission impossible, right? So sometimes you have to be the unpopular person in order to you know, remember where we're going. We want to still have our business longer term and we will, we will have it if they're diligent now. Yeah. When you put it in context, that's, that's very interesting that, you know, people are giving back now or, or, or it's, it's time to give back to uh, some of these businesses. And, and I know there's, there's a lot of arguments against that. And there are a lot of people that, that bring arguments against that. But uh, it's, it's a very interesting way to put it. Going back to objectives, right? So you talked about having that 10-year, three-year, and the 90-day plans. Mm. So you're saying keep your three-year plans. Don't, don't start to shift, that, shift those. Long-term strategy should be maintained. Have you changed how you set objectives short-term compared to before? No, we still use the same formula, and we haven't had any of our clients change their three-year picture. The only thing that I am seeing is people are finding more efficiencies in their business, and when I say efficiencies, it's not just about, you know, savings on costs. It's just we're finding better ways to do things. I do have concerns over anybody in commercial office space now because the world is really looking at things differently, you know, because we don't need to be doing the way we did. It's actually, I've been banging this drum for 
many years. Uh, so this was the best. I mean, COVID's been a blessing to me. People wash their hands now. I've been saying it for 40 years. I am a clean freak, uh, so I'm loving it. And same as I've always thought it's silly that everyone goes to work at nine o'clock and finishes at five. I just think it's absurd. You know, I know that there's some people, I work with a lot of tech companies and, you know, the, the crew there, they, they like working till one in the morning. That's their thing. And so like, if that's what you do, why can't you do that? And then they want to get up and go surfing in the morning. Go do it. You know, why, and why are you traveling all the way into the city on the transport? It's just, it's craziness. So people are seeing better ways. And so I think that there's a lot of efficiency, efficiency is going to be seen. So we haven't changed the way that we're doing anything. People are just thinking differently about how things can be done including our own company, EOS Worldwide. I flew to Detroit every quarter since I've been involved with the company. And I used to say, guys, seriously, it takes a long time to fly here. Like we're talking 24 to 28 hours each way. I said, can you not set up a Zoom link so I can just attend online? And they said, no, that's not the way we work. Now I'd say we're Ooh, what has happened now? Yeah, I'd say we're probably one of the best electronic, you know, online companies there are going around for meetings. So <laughs> we all learn, we've all grown. And uh, yeah, so I think that's, we haven't changed the way that we do things. We just look, look at things differently, that's all. I feel like a lot of us here in Australia have always been feeling miserable and upset about the unwillingness of some of our European and, and American counterparts of not having online material, whatever it is, whether it's meeting, hey, we do it always in person, so we're gonna continue doing it in person. I know there are certain certification programs that were in Europe that our team always wanted to take, and they're like, not, nah, we just do it in person, and that cost was just so much. All of them are online. You know, I, I have like a smirk on my face when I'm like, let me just check these guys' website and have a look in terms of see what <laughs> online services now they offer. So, uh, so that's, that's, been, that's been great. Yeah. Look, this has been amazing. I, I very much enjoyed our conversation. I mean, the, the, the points that you talked about, how business owners need to be a lot more vigilant, cash management, and also how to, how to deal with staff and, and, uh, and managing that also from the perspective of objectives. This has been a great, great conversation. Is there anything else that you think I haven't covered that you think it's valuable to cover here? Uh, not really. I think just, you know, as leaders, we need to remember our role, right? And so whilst we, whilst I may sound quite strong on my, my views around cut costs, be strong, et cetera, make the tough decisions, we also need to be careful on how we're helping our, our team members through this. People have different circumstances. Some people can work from home really easily. They're single, it's easy, you know, um, they don't have little kids, for example, their kids might be grown up, whatever it might be. So circumstances are different. Take the time to show the, the care and support that we need to for our, our team members. Remind ourselves to be grateful. I think we often just fall into being ungrateful. I know it's really challenging. You know, our friends uh, in Victoria are going through a really shitty time right now, being locked down. It's not cool, but we need to be grateful. We need to make sure that we're connecting with one another and looking after one another as best that we can and uh, provide that leadership to our team members. So sometimes getting everyone to pause and say, guys, this is momentary and we will come out of it. Remind ourselves of where we want to be in three years. It's still going to happen. Where we want to be in 10 years, it's still going to happen. And so just 
practice gratefulness because I think we're right now with the media and everything, we're just being plagued with all the negative things and it can be a scary place to be. So just take a moment to, to practice gratefulness and look out for one another. It's, uh, it's important. No, I really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. And it's very important. Daniel, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation and uh, thanks for giving the time and, and being on the podcast. Yeah, anytime. Here to help. Reach out if anyone needs any help. Thanks. Well, actually, that's a very good point, Daniel. If anybody wants to know more about you or like to find out more about EOS, what's the best way for them to, uh, to do that? Yeah, check out the, the website, uh, eosworldwide.com. Heaps of resources on there, uh, free downloadable tools and things, as well as you can click on our community and it's got, uh, you can connect with myself or any of the local region implementers, as well as abroad. We've, we've got a, a 400 strong family and uh, you can read up on people and you can directly contact them through there. So the website's a great resource. Fantastic. Daniel, thanks so much for jumping on. Thanks, Shane. Hey, it's Alex again from X-Growth. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help get the word out to other B2B professionals. If you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.